When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. So in this video, in this podcast today, we'll be talking about what to trade silver and gold for when ultimately the price is much higher and then a lot of other asset values are, are much, much lower. Now, obviously, don't take any of this as investment advice. Simply one man's analysis, one man's opinion on the matter. Uh, and, and, you know, me, me bringing this up might seem a little unrealistic, uh, not, not very timely, considering gold is, you know, around 1300 Silver is, you know, uh, below $16 an ounce as I speak. And and certainly those prices are far below what, what many of us would, would imagine selling silver and gold at and, and ultimately trading for something else. And yet I think it's a good idea to have a plan because there's going to be times in the future where your emotions will tell you, absolutely do not sell. And and they very well could be right. You know, if we're in the midst of a currency collapse, uh, collapse of the government, society, a long-term economic depression, maybe it's not the time to sell. But you, you got to remember that that's where a lot of people have made money in the past, buying when there's blood on the streets. That's what we've been doing in the silver and gold market for years, this, this extended blood on the streets moment. We've been buying when it's undervalued, when people don't care about it, when people are negative or apathetic about silver and gold. You know, that was kind of the time to buy. And so there's going to be times in the future for real estate, for stocks, for whatever asset we're talking about. We'll go over some different ones today where you want to buy when there is, you know, blood on the streets. But of course, you also need to to make a bit of a judgment call that, you know, hey, if this is going to be extended, if this is only going to get worse, if my ownership of that house of that land of those stocks are, you know, not guaranteed, at all in the future. Uh, in fact, there's a high risk of me somehow losing the ownership of that for, for some reason, you know, nationalization or some other trick, you know, uh, maybe that's not the time. But I think it's still good to have a plan for this. So that's what we'll be talking about today. You know, the reason I bring this up is because, you know, there are many that are, are you know, just negative on silver and gold or just don't understand kind of our plan here. And, and you know, they'll say things like, what is your plan? Uh, you're, you're trading fiat for, for silver and gold or whatever metal. And when it ultimately goes up in price, like what are you going to, you're going to trade for more fiat? And and yeah, we might have to use fiat as a, some sort of a middleman, but ultimately, no, that's not our, our, our plan. I think for many of us, our plan is to trade it for some other asset of, you know, intrinsic, uh, some sort of intrinsic value. Right, you you see it in in, in pop culture, uh, music performers, etc. Uh, the, the allure of cash. I mean, yeah, some hip hop performers or whatever they got the gold chains, but they also have the the stacks of cash, right? The rolls of of hundreds or whatever. But but for us, I mean, we I don't think that has the same allure for many of us. I think we're, we're much more into the silver and gold as far as as they hold a, a store of of value, a a you know evidence of I guess wealth, if you will. And so, you know, I don't think fiat is, is really on the radar of many of us. If anything, it's only to use it as a uh, as a middleman. But, I mean, of course, that's an important thing to keep in mind that, you know, if you can somehow trade silver and gold for one of these assets without using silver or without using fiat, then, you know, if if you're somehow reporting this in terms of taxes or what, I'm not going to get into whether or not you should or, or the tax laws themselves. They vary from country to country, state to state, et cetera. 
if you trade it, you know, you might not, you know, you might be off the hook for, for any sort of capital gains tax if those apply. Uh, but anyways, what would you trade it for? First of all, let me know down below in the comment section, what would you, or what is in your plan to trade silver and gold for? And I'll tell you what, what the four things are on my list that, that I would use silver and gold for when ultimately the price is much higher, fiat's much weaker, and many of these other asset prices are, well, in a, in a blood in the streets type of moment. Uh, number one, and this one might not actually be on a lot of your individuals' lists, uh, but debt. And, and I get it. I know some people are going to say you shouldn't have silver and gold if you're in debt at all. And, and I get that. That's a personal decision. Um, but for, for many individuals, because of decisions they made at some point, uh, such as myself, choosing to you know, do a seven-year uh, you know, undergrad and grad school program for college, you know, debt is unfortunately a fact of life, and that predates any interest in precious metals. Okay? Many other people have mortgages, which can be very large, right? That is uh, debt. And, and of course, there's other types of debt as well. Uh, but that's the number one, not the number one as far as, th these are in no particular order. I'm just giving you guys ideas here. But that's one potential one. Now, again, this, this goes back to judgment call. Is it really worth using, depending on how much silver and gold you ultimately have, how much it's worth, and how much debt you have, is it going to be worth it to pay off you know, a quarter of your outstanding debt, half or all of it, um, especially if you're, you're worried about where the currency is going and you know, if, if the interest rate on your mortgage is, is you know, a, a full 10% below inflation or something like that, then, I don't know, maybe make the minimum payment on it for a while because obviously that debt is going to be worth less and less in terms of, I guess, purchasing power, right, or whatever type of debt we're talking about. And so, you know, there's that type of judgment call. But if the currency looks like it's being stabilized or you just want to, to get out from under that debt, you don't want to hold that debt in this situation or whatever it might be. Maybe you're out of work and you don't want to have to deal with with uh, paying off that debt, well, then that's a potential solution. I think, you know, depending on how much the dollar or whatever fiat we're talking about here devalues and how much silver and gold go up, there could be a huge opportunity there, right? I was listening to somebody the other day and, and, and his name escapes me at this time, but he was talking about a full you know, 90% devaluation of the dollar, right? And, and that, that may be necessary for corporations, for consumers, and for the U.S. government to ultimately pay off their debt. Not a death of the dollar, just as we know it, and, and a major devaluation. And, you know, hey, if, if that's going down by 90% valuation, basically that's what a 10 times uh, move up for silver and gold at least, uh, would that be enough, depending on how much you have, to, to pay off a good chunk of whatever debt, your mortgage debt, student loan debt, et cetera? Something to consider. So that's number one on this list of things to consider. Number two on this list, stocks. And I know, I know, some of you guys already are like, he's talking about debt and stocks, right? Debt and then a paper asset. Like get to the, Okay, I got the two other ones on this list that I'll bring up are real estate and land, and I'll get to them in a second. But I want to talk about stocks first. And I think a good metric, a decent metric, for, for kind of measuring a, a goal or a plan of, of when you want to trade silver or gold for stocks is something as simple as the Dow to gold ratio or the, the Dow to silver ratio. It gives you an idea of, of what you can expect in terms of valuation um, historically. And you maybe can put your own goals in there depending on, on how high you think silver and gold will go or how low the stock market will go. Now, as I speak, you know, the Dow to gold ratio is just shy of 20 to 1. So 20, almost 20 ounces of gold to buy one Dow uh, Jones Industrial Average. Okay. For silver, uh, it's, it's sitting you know, around 1,650 ounces. 
to buy the Dow. Now, historically speaking, this is going back to, to the late 90s, the chart that I'm looking at at least. Historically speaking, they had a high back in the early, you know, early 2000s, late 1990s of, uh, of a Dow to gold ratio of over 40 to 1 and a Dow to silver ratio of like 2,500 to 1. Okay, that was very high. But the low, which is what I think a lot of us are looking for and, and, and kind of wondering about here, the low is uh, for, for gold, you know, uh, between six and seven ounces per, maybe even lower than that. You know, this chart doesn't show that the individual price spike might be closer to five to one. And, and for silver, we're looking at maybe closer to 250 to 300 ounces to one. No, I mean, if you, if you put that in, in, in current terms, you know, the Dow Jones, as I speak right now, is is uh, 25,800, okay? And if you divide that by five for gold, that puts gold around $5,000, you know, in terms of the relative value, over $5,000. If you put it into silver, what, what did I say for silver it was? Uh, we'll say 250 to one. That puts silver over $100 an ounce, you know, relative to the Dow Jones. And so... Stocks are very overvalued right now, and and there is some risk with with owning stocks in various exchanges. You know, it's it's very much a if you don't hold it, you don't own it type of situation, and yet there is some value in stocks. Yes, they're paper assets, and yet they're also a a portion of an ownership of a company. They give you the chance of of things like dividends, uh, some sort of a, a basically a yield on your investment, not a yield like a bond, but but you're going to get that additional income. And of course, there's the the uh, 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 potential for for uh, stocks to to go up, okay. And so, again, talking about trading back and forth. I mean, imagine if you had bought the Dow, traded your silver and gold for the Dow back in 2011. You got, you know, you traded about six, I'd say, six ounces of gold for the Dow. Today, you could trade the Dow for almost 20 ounces of gold. You just traded 250 or 300 ounces of silver for the Dow. Well, you could trade that for like 1,600 today, 650 ounces today. Obviously, there's some premiums and what not, you know, that's important to understand as well. But it's something important to keep in mind that that watching something like the Dow to gold ratio historically. And, and, you know, what is your goal? Do you think that that even back in 2011 wasn't really low, that, that stocks could have been much lower and precious metals could have gone much, much higher? Yeah, I mean, what if silver and gold had soared in 2008, when, when 2009, when the stock market was really low? I mean, that would be even higher. I mean, is is 3 to 1, 2 to 1, 1 to 1 realistic for gold? That, set your own goals. It's hard to say when we're talking about devaluation of the dollar and then all this other stuff, but that's okay. And, and for silver, we can be looking at 100 to 1, 50 to 1. It, they, these are not official price predictions or anything. I'm just saying that that's in the, within the realm of, of possibility. Do I think silver is going to be at par with a Dow? Uh, that's pretty unrealistic, okay? Uh, even gold par with a Dow, um, that, that's a possibility. But, you know, if there's massive inflation, you know, the, the stocks are going to benefit for, from that, at least in terms of price, uh, at least somewhat. But something to keep in mind. Uh, so, Set your goals. And and certainly when you have a goal, again, don't take this as an investment advice, but me personally, if my goal, let's say I'm trading silver, I'm going to say at 200 to 1, Dow to silver ratio, I trade it for stocks. First of all, I wouldn't just trade it for the Dow average or some ETF. You know, I'd, I'd pick my stocks wisely. But I might not start trading it at 200 to 1. I might start trading at 400, 
301, you know, and slowly offload some of it. Another thing to keep in mind when we're talking about debt or, or physical, like, like, like land or real estate or, or the Dow to gold or whatever stocks, um, another th- important thing to keep in mind is you don't have to sell all of your silver and gold, right? You can still keep a good chunk of it. You might just want to sell 10%, 50%, 80%, whatever it is. But you can still keep a lot of it as a hedge uh, because you like it, you know, collector pieces, whatever. You can absolutely do that as well. So that's stocks. Uh, the next one on this list I'm going to talk about is real estate. Now, real estate to live in, real estate to sell once it gets higher, real estate to rent out. You know, those are all possibilities. Uh, and so, again, going back to what I was talking about earlier, Zillow. I went to Zillow.com to to look at, you know, the average home price back in 2011 when silver was uh, pretty high and gold was pretty high. Uh, and, and of course, I, the, the dollar amount I used, I think, was 1800 for gold. I think it went a little higher than that. It might have topped 1900 I don't know if it hit 2000 The dollar amount I used for silver was 50 um, I'd have to check if it actually topped 50. I think it might have been intraday trading, but intra, interday, whatever, during the day, one of the days. But I used $50. Now, it might not have quite reached that, and, and it probably would have been hard to sell silver at that price, but that's just what I used. So, silver for a house at that price in 2011, 3,040 ounces, which is a pretty decent stack, but we're talking a house here. Okay. Today, we're talking about fourteen thousand ounces, which is a that's a pretty expensive house. Fourteen thousand ounces of silver, okay. For gold, uh, eighty four ounces back in in two thousand eleven. Eighty four ounces of gold today, not as as quite of a, an increase, uh, but about about double, a little over double. One hundred and seventy three ounces of gold today, and that's average, right? There's going to be some areas which are going to be much much cheaper than that. But, you know, if you want to move to like San Francisco or, or some other city like that, I mean, it's if you want to move to a city in general or an expensive suburb or something, it's going to be much, much higher than that. Uh, but that's that's what it's at um, right now. And so, again, you, you make 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 your goals or when would you consider doing something like that? You know, would you consider trading silver for a house at 2000 ounces? Or, you know, would you consider trading it for? Uh, house for her gold at, at, at you know, 100 or, or 50 ounces of gold or something like that. I mean, that seems like a lot of gold, but we were talking an entire house here. And you also got to, you know, keep in mind that is this a house you're going to live in and sell your current one? Uh, or is this going to be something you rent out? Is this something you, you you know, use something like that for? You know, if, if we're talking large amounts of silver and gold, those of you that own a ton, depending on how high it goes, how low real estate goes, you know, we could be talking about uh, more of a commercial real estate, right? You could be buying something like a like a condo or 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 a uh, uh, you know a duplex or you know, an entire apartment building you know a smaller one or something like that. I mean that's not outside of the realm of a po- of possibilities. Now you got to keep in mind that do you want to be a uh, a landlord? Do, do you hire somebody to kind of maintain the properties and, and keep track of all that for you? I mean extra expense. You know if you're maintaining or if you're a landlord for an entire building or something, you know maybe you give up your day job for that or I don't know. I don't know how it works for you between you and your family and your wife or not. But just give me ideas here. Uh, so again, kind of set your goals for that in terms of a house or 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 if you were you know if that's on your radar trading for some sort of real estate. Of course, the advantage to real estate is that it's it's physical, right? It's it's pretty measurable value. Now there's risk. Every homeowner knows that there's risks to owning a home, and also you know there's the idea of do you own it, right? And and of course you know that question kind of goes with 
Well, try stop paying taxes on the house and see what happens. And of course, it you don't hang on to it for very long. So do you really own it? But again, you know, maybe an advantage to that over uh, a more paper-based, electronic-based asset like stocks or, or bonds. Final one on this list is is land. Now, there's lots of different types of land at different values. You could be buying a forest that you want to go hunting in, right? That's going to be a, you know, a family plot of land for the next couple of generations. That could be your plan, and, and it's going to be something you hunt on, something you, you know, ride four wheelers on, snowmobiles up north, you know, etc. Recreational piece of land. You could be buying farmland that you want to farm out, or you want to rent to some farmer to farm out. You could be buying land that could potentially be used for real estate in the future. So, obviously, prices vary a ton for land, just like they do for real estate. But, you know, what I looked at was the USDA. This was for farmland, the value for farmland. And they don't give it by by month basis. They give it by year on just the quick one that I looked at. And they only give it up through through 2017. There might be a more updated document out there, but that's what I used. Price of silver is pretty similar. The price of land might be a little higher today, but silver is lower today. But but I think the price I used for then was 1825. Gold I used 1350. Uh, for for 2017 uh, because that was around its high for the year but okay anyways 2011 acre of farmland 46 ounces of silver and about one and a quarter ounces of gold for an acre of farmland 2017 talking about 168 ounces of silver about two and a quarter ounces of gold and so that's another thing to keep in mind land uh there's a lot of potential for that especially if you're buying a lot of it and again you can you can some do some sort of a lease to, to farmers. You can sell it ultimately for development. You can develop on it yourself. You can use it for recreation, etc. You know, uh, if you're a big believer in global warming, you can buy a whole lot of, of property that one day you think might be coastal property or something like that. You know, that was the thing that I, I saw somebody talking about that the other day. Uh, you know, if if if, uh, if people think you know global warming is is going to cause the oceans to rise over the next you know, fifty or hundred years or whatever, and and you know. Uh, New Orleans or Miami or whatever it's going to be underwater. Why aren't they buying um, land that's you know 50, 50 miles inland? Or you know, I, I think it was back in the early two thousands. Al Gore and his whole his whole global warming thing. He goes and buys like coastal real estate. Now that's what I read. I, I didn't actually do fact checking on that, but it's uh you know <laughs> maybe that's in your if you're a big believer in that, or or if you think it's bunk science, or if it's questionable, maybe that's not the case. And and who knows? Maybe you're going to be buying land that will never be on the coastline or whatever but uh something to keep in mind so that's kind of the four things what else is on your list there's a couple other ones out there you could obviously trade silver for gold considering where the ratio is right now with the plan of ultimately trading it back to to silver at some point uh and and of course there's other things out there there's just other assets maybe you want to buy a car right? Maybe there's um, um, a vacation you want to fund, right? Uh, and not just like a week in Hawaii or a week uh, away or something, but like a, 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 a year in, in some foreign place, you know, maybe you want to travel the world. Um, that's, can you really put a price on that? I know many of you guys that are, that are more pragmatic, maybe that's like, that's not, uh, that's not a good use of my money, but you know, you only live once, and so maybe that's something that you'd want to do. Uh, you know, would you buy real estate elsewhere, right? Would you maybe move, become an expatriate of, of your own country, and 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 you know, move to to Mexico or move to to South America or Southeast Asia or whatever? You know, uh, would that be on your radar? Uh, just let me know down below in the comment sections other things that that 
you would personally buy is that maybe leisure, recreation, uh, etc. And and one of the four things I talked about here, would you consider uh, using silver and gold for? Let me know down below in the comment section. As always, thank you guys for listening to this uh, podcast video. I hope it has been informative. I hope it's been thought-provoking. And God bless.